You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Crump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. Looking for the end zone. get there. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Let's go, Mr. Grump. I'm not even sure what day or time it is anymore traveling oh. the country to see my lightning, but uh, you know, it's it's Monday or Tuesday, and it means it's time to talk giant football. If you're talking to me, you're always talking giant football. If you're talking to the cranky <laughs> fan, it could be anything from Rays baseball to lightning hockey. If I'm if I'm talking to the grump, I'm either talking Giants football or hangovers. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, more, more so on your end than on mine. But, but yeah, if you if you talk to either one of us on Twitter at football underscore grump and at the cranky fan, it could be either football or any number of things depending on who you're talking to. Yeah, personal problems, you know. Just lay on the couch and tweet us. We'll uh, we'll get back to you. <laughs> All right. So we uh, last week we went over kind of the offensive roster and sort of our very lightly penciled in depth chart um, as it stands. You know, now in May. Uh, and today we're going to go over the defense. But of course, we we release a podcast and immediately after there's a huge shakeup. Well, by huge I mean there's some minor news. By yeah it. Post draft, pre mini camp, major news. I guess. Yeah. Let's talk about really quickly um, legalized gambling. I think it's a big deal for fans. I think, it's a, I think it's a big deal for teams as well because I'm looking at it as the value of these teams are going up, and more importantly, I think the value of TV contracts are going to go up, which means I, the salary cap is going to go up. You look, you know, kind of taking oh, it okay. yeah. all, all the way, all the way down the line. I mean, I think you're going to have more interest in the game from, you know, casual the, people, the casual fan, and watching from kickoff to final gun. Yeah. You know, people, the game is thirty to ten. You know, you've seen half-empty stadiums and people turning on sixty minutes, unless you're on the West Coast when it's on their regularly scheduled time, but. You know, the game is thirty to ten, and you could still live bet something in the third and fourth quarter. I think it's a major, you know, it's a major thing. You know, it's. Uh, I'd be curious to see, you know, what impact it's going to have on playing and coaching and stuff. Will any will any coach actually be honest and say that they had this spread in mind and they were trying to kick an extra field goal to hit the spread or not? Or I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know about that. I, I, to me, it was all the things you said about the casual fan. You know, I mean, we've seen what fantasy football has done for the casual fan, and by casual fan, I mean like casual fan of football, but also somebody who doesn't really care about X team or Y team. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, so more ca- more cash, not as casual as someone who's only watching to see you singing the sparks, the the, uh, the halftime show at the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm talking about someone who's going to watch on an average Sunday. Yeah, right. Right, but I I hadn't thought of the implications of the value going up, trickling down the line to the increase in the salary cap. I mean, at the end of the day, that really just means more money for players because they're just going to the highest paid players are just going to demand more, which is what happens. But and that's fine. I mean, I think you know as much as the fan bitches and moans about players making so much money. I think they'd rather have the money in the players' hands than the quote-unquote greedy owners' fans. 
Yeah. You know, they're the ones are you know, no one goes to a stadium or watches the game on TV because of the owners. Yeah. <laughs> they go to watch the players. So, you know, if we can get into a <laughs> a class contract uh, argument and a our animal farm argument about who deserves the money or something. But I, I definitely think that that's kind of a long term impact on in this league is that. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I can't argue with you. I just I hadn't I hadn't thought that. In that direction, it, we're not really gamblers, the two of us. I mean, we, we you won't. more than me. I mean, I don't bet anything because I always lose. So forget it. <laughs> I don't have the money to gamble. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I'm much more interested in well, what is the spread and what is that than me actually putting money on it. Because as anybody knows, I am the ultimate mush. So uh, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't like my teams turning to shit when I put money on them. But I am definitely curious about what is the line, what is the over under, you know. And things like that, and I think for the, the 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 fan who even bets through his neighborhood bookie or offshore account now, I just think that the options are there. You know, I know I've been to London a couple of times, and you can bet right in the stadium. You can bet on anything. You can bet on who's going to score first. What, you know, what will the score be at halftime? Well, you know, range of goals and things, and there's a million ways you can bet on football. So. Oh, and and for for the 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 dingus that you were talking to on twitter that said that the nfl's brand was kid friendly and he's not wrong but just just as an fyi growing up my family who are none of which are gamblers you you can attest to that um Mm -hmm. we always used to do a a super bowl pool with like quarters for the whole bracket and then also a pool where we did exactly like you said, who scores first? What's the score? Is it going to be a safety or a touchdown or a field goal? You know, basically a questionnaire. And then who got the most right would win the pot. That's yeah, that's I mean, gambling. I mean, I it, mean, two of the most famous football commentators on the pregame shows, you know, in the 70s was Jimmy the Greek. And in the 90s and the 2000s and up until now was like the Swami. Mm-hmm. And what did they do? They gave you, you know, I think this team is going to win by just a little bit, or I think they're going to win a lot. Yeah, are, yeah. NFL on, for gambling. Exactly. NFL uh, on Fox, I think, had Frank Caliendo do that for like the longest time. Then they switched to Rob Riggle, who's the worst. But, yeah, I mean, those are, you know, those guys are right, but but like but the, the idea is there is like they're making predictions. I mean, that's part of the morning show, mm-hmm. and they they go through how and why, and it's all sort of a. Like you said, a precursor to gambling. It's the same idea. The, the well, idea yes, that it but, ruins a family-friendly brand is silly to me. Well, family, um, fantasy football. Yeah. You t- you tell me there's a league where there's no money involved for the winner? That's gambling. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. how many billions of commercials did we see for FanDuel and DraftKings in 2016? Yeah. We saw a trillion of them. Trillion. All it was was those two things and having commercials. Guess what? You may have a legal definition if it's gambling or not gambling. It's gambling. Yeah. And you know it's coming. And you know something. If it makes the if it makes the industry safer, where you can make a bet and not having your bookie welch on you, and it's regulated, and maybe the money goes back instead of you know having to build a new stadium, some money could be used from gambling profits or something. I'm all for it. Um, so in a move of six players, the Giants uh, cut and then claimed um, Adam Biznawadi, last year's sixth-round pick, was cut. 
someone the previous general manager traded up to get. Yeah. Um, and and so, did did basically nothing. I don't think he saw any in season action. Did he? No, he played the last game. I think. Oh yeah. He might have. He might have even started, if I recall. He definitely played the last game. But yeah, I, and and we had seen that. Uh, it was reported that he was working some at guard just last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny because the move coincided with the arrival of one Eric Flowers who most people, I think, had written off the team at this point. Not most people. A lot of people had written him off the team. A lot of people don't even think he's going to be starting, which is a little bit silly. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm sticking with my guns with my prediction that either I think he's going to be the starting right tackle or he won't be on the team. You know, it's uh, there's no, you know, Chad Wheeler is going to be there in the right tackle. He's going to be backing up or providing depth. I think it's one of those situations where, He's gonna he's gonna battle through training camp to win the right tackle job. No one's gonna give it to him. No one's gonna give it to Chad Wheeler. And I think he if he makes the team, he's starting. I don't think he's gonna let him sit and sulk on the bench. No, no. But the, but this idea that Chad Wheeler is somehow ahead of Eric Flowers on the depth chart is a a, a little bit short sighted. I mean, you're comparing. Uh, admittedly, and I'm not a big fan of Eric Flowers at all. I just like to keep it as real as possible. You're comparing an undrafted free agent to a ninth overall pick. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was some discussion this week. I was involved in something on Twitter. It's like, is Eric Flowers the biggest bust in first round bust in Giants history? And I'm like, no, not even close. You know, when you had guys like Derek Brown and, and, and Dante Jones and, uh, you know, the, um, uh, Derek, um, Dave Brown, who I know is a supplemental pick, but was still cost us a first round pick. So basically he's a first round draft pick. Those guys were complete busts. I mean, as much as people, you know, can't stand Eric Flowers, he's been the punching bag of this offensive line. He's still a starting left tackle in this league. Well, you know, now will be probably a starting right tackle. Um, Busts are guys... if, if even play, yeah, of, absolutely, or they're just right out of the league, and that's certainly possible for him in the future to be right out of the league. But if it, the Giants possible. were able to get a, a a passable right tackle out of it, it's certainly not a bust at all. Sure, that means you have a four year starter. I mean, a guy who started from day one, and like I said, yeah, he was, you know, his spectacular misses made him out to be a lot worse than he was, and. We've said it before. He's had a couple games last year. He had a pretty good run where he played halfway decent. Yeah. Now let me ask you something. You know, I know we're going to be talking defense, but one last thing with the Flowers situation is, yeah. Let's say he does get the starting job and he's adequate. Does that mean that you know they'll uh, they'll pick him up for one year? I mean, how does it work? They declined his fifth year, but they could resign him. Is he an unrestricted free agent after this year? Yeah, or? yeah. They could certainly resign him. Um, I think his time is done, though. I mean, even if he plays well, I think that this administration doesn't really want anything to do with him. He's the best option right now, and he's not a complete cancer to the locker room. So they'll roll with him this year, but I think they know that he's done. I mean, if he has a bad year, they just won't re-sign him. If he has a good year, he'll probably be signed somewhere else, and they just won't match it. Right. So, I, I, I mean, I think this is his last year with the team. And believe me, when I defend him, I have no love for the guy. I mean, I truly wish that he were better. I, I wish 
with all my heart that the, the ninth overall pick was a really good left tackle, but he's just not. But I'm right. also not going to flame the guy without critically looking at the film. But in any case, Adam Biznawati moving on still was a bit of a shock to me. I, I never did see what Jerry Reese saw in him, but the idea that he, he was just completely severed from the team this quickly, it was a little shocking to me. Before minicamp or before anything, it's uh, there has to be more to the story than we know. You know, you, you might have. Oh, I mean, it's possibly showed up on you know out of shape or something. It's you know, there might be something. You know, I, I don't know. It just when something seems like it doesn't make any sense. There's usually a reason that makes sense that we don't know about. So that could be. Um, one other piece of news: uh, Paul Perkins was waived, injured unclaimed and therefore went straight to IR for the Giants. So he was not, as other reports were, cut. He was not cut from the team. He is still a Giant right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the writing is also on the wall, too. This could be like a stash, convenient stash for the guy because, you know, where is he on this team on the depth chart right now? <laughs> really nowhere. Yeah. I mean, he's not a blocking guy. He's not a guy who catches out of the backfield. He's, you know, when you're looking at uh, – a heavy investment in draft picks and financially on the three running backs ahead of him. Oh so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tough break, but you know, that's a sign of a team that's trying to get better from three and 13 where a guy like Paul Perkins, which is just a body that offers nothing exciting being upgraded significantly. Yeah. Moving on to defense. Uh, um, we can kind of run through some of the guys. It's it's going to be difficult to decipher with this defense who is going to be playing defensive end, stand up linebacker. It's all going to move around. So I just kind of split everything up into three, uh, four categories: it was defensive line, linebacker, cornerback, and safety. And you know, some of those are a little bit fluid, but mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. But I, I had a lot of trouble trying to figure out who the starting defensive linemen were to be in a base 3-4 set. I mean, I think that Damon Harrison and Dalvin Tomlinson are here, are two guys you can count on. I think by game five, Josh Morrow might be the guy on the other after, end. After suspension? After suspension. But after that, it's a little bit confusing. I mean, Avery Moss might be a guy, possibly he was a sixth-round pick last year, or fifth-round pick last fifth year? Fifth-round pick. Fifth-round yeah. pick. Um but always seemed to be to be more of a four-three kind of defensive end. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Kerry Wynn has been sort of a sort of a cockroach sticking around, undrafted free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert Thomas is a guy who certainly could keep that spot. But then, and and then of course you have your your two draft picks from this year, B.J. Hill and R.J. McIntosh. B.J. Hill would certainly be rotating with Damon Harrison. Uh, and sort of that nose position. R.J. McIntosh is a little bit more of a 3-4 defensive end for Miami. Well, I mean, so you're pretty much assuming that Vernon is going to be primarily like a fourth linebacker in this 3-4. Uh, in a base 3-4, I would say so. I I, I mean, I, I'm not James Betcher. I don't know how he plans on using him. I think he would be a little bit more of a stand-up guy. Considering the talent on this team, every guy I just mentioned I wouldn't want in coverage. Right. But, you know, for all those guys you mentioned for that third, you know, end spot, if they're not, you know, pleased, oh, well, yeah. they, they don't, you know, he could end up being the guy. So I think a lot of that is going to determine be determined by um, how much rest they can get him. I, I think the days of uh, Snacks and Vernon playing 98 percent of snaps are are done. 
It has to be. I mean, yeah. that is something that killed this team, and it just killed their effectiveness. You know, between the two of those in JPP, also, how many snaps? All of them were above ninety-five percent. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, especially for a team that offense was so bad. And I think I read today that we were twenty-ninth or twenty-eighth in the league in three and outs. So that means you know your offense. I'm surprised we weren't thirtieth. <laughs> I think the Bucks were last, to be honest. Um, but the point being is that besides playing you know the ridiculous amount of snaps they were playing more often and you know getting less blows so yeah you know, outrageous building up depth on this team is is critical 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 I, I think percentages don't even really paint the full picture i think if you were to look at playing time by position i don't think there's there's probably no other defensive end that had more time on the field than JPP and Olivier Vernon. Mm-hmm. Probably more yeah. more Vernon than JPP because well, both of them sort of battled injuries last year. but Little Nixon things, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, absurd. And I, they're, they're not going to let that happen. Um, no. So I think that's going to depend on who they would like to see in coverage. If they like Olivier Vernon down low more than any of the guys I mentioned, they're going to have to find coverage elsewhere. So... And, you know, Betcher's talked a lot about being multiple. And, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not my system in the hell with it. It's, you know, based upon my personnel. So you might see this first year a lot of hybridness that you may not have, you know, he may not have thought of happened in, in December and January that, you know, come September might be a little bit different too. So, Sure, yeah. Um, and, and all the guys that I mentioned I think could make the team. Moss, Harrison, Tomlinson, Morrow, Hill, Wynn, McIntosh, uh, Thomas. Everybody else that's currently on the team, A.J. Francis, Jordan Williams, Josh Banks, Terrell Chavis. Uh, Chavis might be the long shot who could do it. The rest I don't count on doing anything. But all of those guys, that's quite a collection of defensive linemen, and it's because they all have sort of different skill sets and the way that James Betcher likes to move guys around I could see all of them sticking to the team mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, linebacker again this is still kind of confusing but I think this has a much more painted picture of what the starting four would be and I, I think moving from one side to the other would be Kareem Martin BJ Goodson and Ogletree on the inside and Olivier Vernon on the other side I think that's a pretty clear group um you think Lorenzo Carter's got a shot to uh to be a starter? No. I think to, to make the roster, absolutely. Um Oh of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think he'll be in, in pass rushing rushing sub packages to start the season. I, I I mean he's got good experience coming from Georgia, coming right out of an SEC defense. Um but it, it, the game is gonna move a lot faster for him. And there's not a whole lot of uh high flying offenses in the SEC. This past couple of years, no, I mean, not really. No. So I mean, he really could kind of like focus in on the run and stretch plays and RPOs and all that sort of thing. But in this league, he's going to have to really, really keep his head on a swivel. And I, I, I think by the end of the year, he'll be in it more and more, perhaps in a starting position at some point. But so you had Green Martin and BJ Goodson as your other two starting linebackers. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I think the only other guys I could see on the inside would be Herzlick or Munson, and I really would hope that we didn't fall to that level. Right. Um, 
We think they're both making the team, but we don't. Think sure, but but starting would be a. I wouldn't be too thrilled about that. Um, so on the the outside looking in, you're looking at like Ray Ray Armstrong is probably out. Yeah, I would I would say so. Thurston Armbruster, Curtis mm-hmm. Grant might maybe make it, um, just because he might be a little bit flexible. He could play in and out, and I think Romeo Okwara could find a home on the outside. Perhaps I mean it's going to be interesting to see. He's another one of those hybrid guys, right? Can play yeah. in, and maybe, and that might be something that gives him a roster spot. Sure, that flexibility. So. Yeah, and I, I believe he plays some special teams um, as well, which will always help a guy be the fifty-third man. You know, I agree with you. Romeo Alcuara's ability to play defensive end, which he did last year, and I believe the year before, I think he was on the team as like a, yeah, yeah, um, and then. If he, if he can make a transition to outside linebacker in some situations, will absolutely help him land a spot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, corner is where it starts to get really interesting because there's no depth, um, and they're they're trying to they're trying to throw the kitchen sink and see what they can get for depth, and that's the best you can hope for at this point, right? I mean, other than resigning DRC. Yeah, I mean, you know. They're taking a flyer on William Gay to hope he's got anything in the tank. But yeah. again, we're not going to throw him on an island against Antonio Brown. No, no, no. But I mean, if yeah. you're if you're playing like zone defense and it's like third and third and twelve, I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with William Gay being out there. Right. Yeah. So we're thinking as of and we're recording this on a Tuesday night in mid-May. Yeah. We, we think Eli Apple's staying with the team, and we think he's going to be a starter, and we're hoping that there's an attitude adjustment with him going forward. Oh, um, for sure, yeah. I mean, all signs kind of indicate he's going to be on the team. So, you know, but I think he's had two strikes and, you know, two and a half strikes at this point. So, to his credit, he's kept his head low since this administration came in, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, God, I'd love to be a fly on the wall, that locker room in the administration before, because it just seems like. You know, we discussed ad nauseum all the problems with the secondary, and you know, at one point, all those guys were seemed like they were suspended for a game, and you know, just it, the more and more it just comes out of just how poorly run we were last year, and it's you know obviously evident by our record, <laughs> and just you know, things you can see as you're watching from day to day from an outsider's perspective. <sighs> I'll tell you what, man, I don't want to be a fly in the wall in that because I already went to high school. I did my four years time, uh, you know that was that was no fun. I don't want to repeat that. Just, and I've also seen the Breakfast Club too many times. It, it, I've seen it. It's it's fine. I, it, let's move past it. Detention is over. We're okay, all adults Bender. now. Yeah, I get that a lot actually. Um, but yeah, so I I I think the the right now penciled in is you're hoping. Jack Rabbit comes back from his injury with no problems. I'm sure he will. And his attitude. Yeah, yeah. He actually had posted. Wait, did he post it? Or I, I think I, I just saw a report that he said that the something along the lines that the bullshit was over and you weren't going to hear anything about that defensive backs this year. Um, I'm pr- I'm almost positive he posted that like on Instagram or something like that. Well, him and Landon Collins are, you know, I, I would say the leaders of this defense. You know, all, all together, certainly in the secondary room. Yeah. So, these are two guys that you know got to keep you know keep all the others in line. So, I think I think him. It, when when it comes to leaders, I think you're going to start hearing Alec Ogletree voice up 
Um, I think that's part of his personality. And quite frankly, something that was completely lacking from this team since Justin Tuck left, the vocal leader of the defense. You had a, you had a combination of a lot of free agents coming in at once and a lot of young guys. There was no transition from, you know, the previous, you know, even from that Super Bowl remnants of the Super Bowl teams through to today, there was no transition gap. So, yeah, you're right. There has been a void. And there, and, there, there was like some hope that people like JPP would, and he's not a leader. Snacks is definitely is. A, a good guy to have in the locker room, but he's said outright that he's not a vocal he, leader. Neither he's is He's a self-avowed. Yeah, he's a self-avowed non-leader. So, yeah. yeah. So, but I think Ogletree, from all reports, that he's he's a very captain oriented vocal leader and i think we'll start yeah. hearing that more and more and more and I, I think landon collins is you know the leader of this team and i think i think the way you know he was kind of the spokesman with a lot of the um eli apple business and we talked about it and it was either last week's show or the weeks before show is he speaking too much about it and, and what's being said, you know, behind closed doors? Right. He did He did open up about Eric Flowers and Pat Shermer shut that down this week mm-hmm. um, where he said that he really shouldn't be talking about other people's situations. And Pat Shermer is being the coach, and that's something that yeah. we were missing for a while. So I'm glad that he said yeah. something. I don't actually have a problem with Landon Collins. Like, we, we went over it last week if you really are mm-hmm. interested in what our, we thought – just check that out. But I also think it's good that Pat Shermer, when asked about it, said that's not for him to comment on and it just moved on. Excellent. Excellent. That's what we want. We want to hear a coach who is in control of all 46 guys on his team in control of everything, not some guy who has his nose so far buried up his plate card's ass that, you know, nothing gets done. But quite frankly, answered the question with grace with the media. I mean, it didn't become a long-winded answer that then became like a story I mean, it was a headline, but that was all we heard. And yeah, and it came and went really quickly, and no one would be thinking about it in September. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure people kind of already forgot about it by the time they're listening to this. So, yeah. Um, as far as depth goes with corners, so Eli Apple, Janoris Jenkins, William Gay, I, I would have penciled in as like that third guy, the slot guy. Um, there's always Dante Dion, who has been slowly getting better. Um, the undrafted free agent from a couple years ago out of Boise State. Ball hawk, but just real short, five nine, I think. Um, Teddy Williams is a guy they picked up. There's a they they just recently signed Chris Lewis Harris from Denver, or maybe he was just a free agent last year. But he's another guy you could consider. Um, but the most interesting two are the undrafted free agents they picked up, which is Grant Haley from Penn State and Aaron Davis from Georgia. I absolutely think that. A, a cornerback that's going to be heavy in the rotation is not on this roster yet. Yeah, I you think so. That, I think so too. Yeah, yeah. Just for numbers alone, and just I think you might find something kind of like we got. Um, what's his name in the Ross trade league last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one of those, you know, the week before the the season starts, a a trade for a future pick or something. And you know, that's that's a a guy that you know I was pretty surprised that I kind of had him. You know, pencil in as being a key guy in this defense this year, and then so I forgot I. he was a free agent. All of a sudden, it's like he signed somewhere else. Like, oh shit, he's yeah. gone. Yeah. Um, I do think one guy, either Grant Haley or Aaron Davis, will make the roster, uh, or will be like a practice squad guy who gets elevated at some point in the season. Um, I'm interested to see what the two of them can do. Yeah, I mean, we're that's one of 
we said this last week, that's one of those uh, battles in training camp that we spend too much attention on more than we need, but Mm -hmm. this might be one of them. Yeah, but I mean, there are always guys who are undrafted free agents who become contributors. I mean, Kerry Wynn has been a solid rotational guy since he joined the team Mm -hmm. his first year. Uh, Romeo Okwar was an undrafted free agent, came in for JPP and against the Cowboys and was fantastic. I mean, if you you go back far enough, uh, Spencer Pacinger was a linebacker for the team 2011. I mean, it was a Super Bowl winning year. Same with Mark Herzlick. Mm -hmm. These guys were all undrafted free agents. So I think every year there's at least one undrafted free agent that winds up on the roster. I mean, it's a little weird with the shakeup with the administration now, but I think of all the undrafted free agents we got, these two are the ones I'm looking at to be the most impressive. The one they're going to stick. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. Um, Safety is also pretty pretty well painted out, I would say. Uh, you have your obvious face of the defense with Landon Collins. Um, Andrew Adams and Darian Thompson or probably, will probably battle for the other spot next to him. Um, Michael Thomas, newly signed from New Orleans? Where did he come from? San Francisco. San Francisco. That was that was my next guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's been playing – and in the slot, I believe, but they've been moving him around. They've been giving him some first-team looks as well. So I wouldn't be surprised to see – first of all, I wouldn't be surprised to see a rotation of guys at safety. If you look at what Arizona was doing the last couple of years, they had Tyron Matthew all over the place. Mm. You know, They have quite the defensive back movement back there. So I would expect all four of those guys to be not just playing but rotating around. The only one I could see not coming out would be Collins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to be every down guy leading your defense everything. So, yeah, he'll be in all the time. I would think so. And then, you know, uh, undrafted free agent Sean Chandler from Temple was like a big deal. I've I've watched some of his footage. I'm not quite seeing it, but it's a little bit hard to judge Temple and the safety position in general is not very easy to judge. Right, right. So we'll see. I mean, he could impress. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you real quick before we go. You know, mm-hmm. now that we've kind of done this very fifty thousand foot look at the defense, how are you feeling in mid-May about this defense? Uh, initial thoughts, like <laughs> some, we need the cavalry to come and help, or do you think that you know the way the offense is constructed and its potential that this defense could be adequate enough that it won't won't lose games forty-five, forty-two, or nah. how, are you, how are you feeling? I, I like what they've done on defensive line. I mean, they really attacked it in the offseason. I mean, acquiring Josh Mora and then drafting both B.J. Hill and R.J. McIntosh, not only does it set it up for a good rotation throughout the year, I think it it helps in the future. I mean, you've got, you've got a snacks replacement should the worst happen. Or, I mean, God forbid if the guy gets injured. I mean, he was playing pretty banged up all of last year. By his own account. Uh, right. So, I mean, you've got that. I think R.J. McIntosh is a guy who will develop into a, a good defensive lineman. I mean, all of his tape, he should not have fallen as far as he did in the draft. I like what they did on defensive line. I, I'm i surprised at how much they were able to revamp the linebacker core with so few moves this year. Acquiring Kareem Martin, getting Alec Ogletree was a huge move, and then sure. drafting Lorenzo Carter. I, I think they've... They've got a good four to five guys in there, but the depth leaves me a little bit worried. 
And then obviously defensive backfield, the corner position really scares me. Mm-hmm. So I feel okay at best. Yeah. Like just just okay. Yeah. I don't think we've said this last week that Rome isn't built in a day, and I think this is going to be a, you know, another year or two of smart drafting and some you know, free agent pickups as they go that will keep strengthening this defense. But I, I do not think it's the sieve that you're afraid it might be this yeah. time like last year or something. So I don't believe that Dave Gettleman went into John Mara's office with a one-year plan. I understand that in the NFL the last couple years, we've seen franchises have a quick turnaround. But the emphasis is quick and not one year. Right. Um, Let's put it this way. Most of these one-year turnarounds were not designed for the one-year turnaround. Well, not even that. I I think think the perception of what a one-year turnaround is is cloudy. I think this team could easily go 3-13 and again this year. But it's because of steps taken this year that the year after they could go twelve and four. Do you know understand what I'm saying? Right. right. Like, yeah, we exactly. may not see the results from this haul right away this year, and it may appear like a one year turnaround next year. But really, right. it's part of the two two year three year plan. Exactly. And so, we're some like a case of like the Rams last year, where they were not built to, you know, make the playoffs in 2018, but it just sort of worked out. You know? I mean, it's like the perfect the perfect example because I mean. Jared Goff wasn't even drafted last year. That was his second year in the league, right? So, and he wasn't even that really that good last year. If you break it down, no, it just sort of things just kind of fell into place. It it took advantage of a kind of a, a down NFC West last year. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Which, but guess what? You know, San Francisco's. You know, they have a whole year of uh, Garoppolo. Uh, you know, Seattle's trying to rebuild. Uh, that division is going to be a lot tougher than it was. I I agree, but yeah, I, I I'm not sure how I feel. I'm happier with this roster knowing James Betcher is the coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, if it were a complete unknown guy or something like that, I'd be a little bit more worried. But I'm okay. I'm okay with it. I don't know how what? you feel. <laughs> uh. Work in process. I think if if breaks go their way, the record may be better than they actually are. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I think bad breaks and the, wor- the record will be worse than I think they actually are. I think this team is right now probably talent wise a seven and nine team right now. A couple right. of breaks and a couple of breaks. I think they could be nine and seven, and I think fighting for a wild card spot potentially. Well, I mean, that's perfect because in the coming weeks, we'll eventually have a season breakdown where we go through our, our two early predictions on what we think will happen. Yeah, um, I like that. That's going to be good. In, in in the next couple of episodes, we'll we'll go into that. Um, but until then, you can always listen to all of our episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud. If you just search Just Giants on either one, you can subscribe and all of our stuff will go into your feed automatically. Um and you can follow me on Twitter at football underscore grump where I will give you my random thoughts, respond to your random thoughts, and retweet the the and, news as fast as I see it. Yeah, he does a nice job in his little patented commentary along with it as well. So, mm. Excellent. And you can catch me as always at the Cranky Fan where 
I am ensconced in Tampa Bay Lightning playoff hockey as well as the Giants and the Rays and Florida Gator baseball, number one team in the country. And uh, got a big week coming up, Grump. I'm going to be in New Orleans and Vegas and Houston and Tampa. So I will be blanketing the conference finals for basketball and hockey. So. Be sure to give me a shout out. Make sure I'm still alive. Yeah. Well, when, when next time you hear us from us, uh, cranky fans going to be broke because he's stopping yeah. through Vegas. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. Yeah. Until then, follow us on Twitter at football underscore grump at the cranky fan at just giants pod. Download our episodes. Subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. Please give us a five star rating. Um, it goes a long way for us, and uh, we really <laughs> we really appreciate it. Yeah. At this point, it's just for our own pride, so. Yeah. Stoke, stoke our egos, please, will you? Yes. All right, everyone. Go Giants. Go Giants. Go Giants.